0: Coffee toast,
1: cheers. <laughs> Yours is steaming and mine's not. Okay, Okay hey guys, this is Ellie and Gina here, with Vulcan Nutrition. We had the great idea today, actually from Gina, that we're gonna start trying to put some podcast podcast content out there, just because we have a lot we want to talk about, and I think this is a great medium, a bit more long form than reels, to kind of just share some of our thoughts and ways that we can hopefully help you guys with nutrition. So. Real quick, Gina, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I know we just see your face on Insta. So who are you? What are your credentials? And maybe why are you like passionate about about nutrition?
0: Okay. Yes, my name is Gina. I guess my background, I first met Ellie, gosh, four years ago. Yeah. You weren't married yet. I wasn't married yet. Neither of us were. We were single Um, ladies. We were single. (laughs) Um, We were both dating, maybe engaged, but met you through my husband garrett because he knew y'all through crossfit laminin so yep um i used to compete in crossfit those days are gone <laughs> still the fittest person <laughs> I, mean, I know absolutely not true absolutely yeah. not true yes. um and i got my master's in exercise science from i graduated from the university of south alabama started oh, yeah. at the university of south carolina
1: i forget that mm-hmm.
0: so i did one year in south carolina finished in alabama Um, and really thought I was going to pursue getting a PhD. I love, love, love research and teaching, and um, that's kind of where my passion stems from with nutrition because I feel like there is a huge education component to it. So as much as I love fitness, as much as I love to program and do all of that, I really like nutrition because I feel like there's just a huge gap. I mean, with the education component and there's a lot of false information out there. So just kinda of sifting through that and helping people I, I mean, we'll talk about it. But yeah. there's not like there's not black and white necessarily with nutrition. Right. So
1: and it's it's really hard to know who to trust too, because there's so much content yes. out there. And so we find people clients come to us all the time, just say there's so much information that's conflicting. Who who do I believe? And so we hope we can be just a source of just the of truth when it comes to nutrition, just reality check. It may not be fancy, it's not gonna be the stuff that really sells, yeah. but
0: it's not the 20 pounds in 20 days fix. Right.
1: Right. And that's this podcast that we're bringing back. It, it, the purpose of impetus health was exactly what you were saying is how can we educate people on nutrition and health so that they can be preemptive and proactive with their health rather than, Oh crap, I'm in a hospital now. Now I have to scramble to regain mm-hmm. a lot of my health. So I love that you said that because that's kind of how this podcast started anyway. Um, And then y'all know a little bit about me just because I've talked on this podcast before, but uh, nursing is my background and I just experienced what I call the dichotomy of proactive and reactive healthcare where I was in an emergency setting pumping people with meds, really giving them the quick fix. And then there would be, there would be people who were hungry for that education piece that wanted to get off their blood pressure medication that wanted to get off their statin they just didn't know where to start and they it's almost like they were looking up at mount everest like this is just insurmountable i don't know where to start you know and and i love work when we work with clients just starting with like the basics like you mm-hmm. don't have to have it all figured out and you will make progress just starting with something starting somewhere so uh that's a little bit about my background but jean and i love getting to work together it's so much fun because really, like. Really good friends outside of this setting, Yes. Um, but getting to work together is so much fun. So the podcast today is just something that we were kind of talking about before we started recording is why behavior change is so important as the foundation in the way that you view your nutrition and just health in general. And I want you, Gina, to kind of preface this about one, maybe how, why you believe it's so important, behavior change, and then we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit. But yeah. where did you kind of get, in, get into that?
0: Yeah. I I felt like, well, most people start with the action. So we say, I'm going to change said behavior, whether that's, I'm going to start walking a ton. I'm going to start eating more fruits and vegetables, protein, which are all great things. Mm -hmm. But we never actually started with the mindset piece. So we never first said, let's address the thought and change that behavior because then the action follows. So if we first start with the brain, Okay, we have to kind of shift about how we, number one, view ourselves, which you talk about a lot yeah. with the your identity component. You have to change how you view yourself and your perception of these behaviors, and then those actions follow. Hmm. So it's not, I'm going to just, you know, rip the bandaid off, all of a sudden I'm someone who never works out, never eats protein. I'm doing essentially all of these things that aren't really helping me in the long run to... I'm now this person who works out every day, gets in my water, gets my sleep, gets my steps. That is very overwhelming. Yeah. So how do we first change your thoughts about who you are and slowly trickle, you know, the downstream effects? And then all of a sudden, it's like one day you wake up and you're doing all of these things you could never dream of, but it's because we took these small, slow steps. But again, that doesn't settle.
1: <sighs> right, right. And and something I just thought about as you were talking My natural propensity as a person is to sit down and make a list of, for example, New Year's comes around. Okay. I'm going to drink this amount of water per day. I'm going to work out for an hour, five days a week, and I'm going to check it off my list. Mm -hmm. And that's great for a few days, but how do you make that behavior change first? And I don't know if you even have an answer to this, but do I sit down and just say mantras of, I'm a person who works out five days a week. Like where do you start with behavior change? And I, I'll piggyback off of you, but I, I'm curious.
0: Yeah. I think you have to address like it mentally, like what are your barriers? And this is where working with a coach is really helpful Yeah. because if if I'm sitting here by myself trying to figure out like, okay, what is my biggest barrier to exercise? What is my biggest barrier to eating breakfast every day? That's hard. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need someone to be asking you those questions to really identify and diagnose what's going on. Yeah. And so I think if you can, number one, have a coach, but number two, figure out like what the lowest hanging fruit is. So mm-hmm. what is that one thing? I, and I like to focus on one thing. And sometimes when you're really motivated on January 1st, yeah, for most people, you want to do all of the things, but it's what is one thing? That you feel confident you can do forever, Mm -hmm. but also you understand it's going to be some work. Mm -hmm. And there's a fine line. There really is a fine line. And so, I mean, most people know the basics. Mm -hmm. So it's identifying which one of those things that you feel you are the most ready to change. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: I feel like once you start to see progress in one thing, a lot of other things follow. Absolutely.
1: And going to an instagram post that i made a few weeks ago you can find it on our page but about how weak belief leads to weak commitment i think that's one way that would be really beneficial to start when you're trying to change a behavior or just general perception of health in general if i don't believe that getting 10,000 steps a day is going to improve my health. If I think that that's just nothing because I'm a CrossFitter and I have to work out for two hours a day to get a good workout, Mm -hmm. then I will never do what's required to get 10,000 steps a day. I'll think it's a waste of time. I won't park far away at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I won't do those tiny things that do add up to 10,000 steps a day. And that really over the course of a year, you can make amazing health progress by just getting a ton ton of more steps than normal, right? It doesn't have to be 10,000. That's the gold standard. But my point here is that I found even in my own life that I get into this mentality of, okay, it has to be a really hard workout or two workouts per day. And it's like, no, like I have to start with saying, I believe, I really do believe that being a more active person and walking more will positively impact my health. Mm -hmm. And then from there, once I truly believe it, not just say it because I'm trying to believe it, then I start doing it, mm-hmm. and it just becomes almost subconscious, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where what where my mind goes when I think of behavior change but and then there's also I think it's important to say there's also a certain level of acting before you feel too correct like there's a 100%. there's a really fine line of okay yeah, I don't feel like working out every day, I love working out, but I have to tell myself I'm a person who prioritizes my health and right it may not be and we can't have an all or nothing mindset of it has to be really intense if i feel like crap and i'm maybe sick that day but i'm still going to do something yes because i i know after i'll feel better right now i don't feel like doing it yeah. so yeah there's a fine line of of acting first and then feelings follow <laughs>
0: yes and i was going to say that i sometimes it, it's not just okay i need to you know you don't have to have these grand feelings of okay now i feel ready but sometimes Just doing the action, the feelings follow. Yes. And then you know what it feels like after. And it always comes back to this whole, we are a society of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is why the 20 pounds in 20 days sells. That is why doing, you know, these very, very, very hard meal plans. I'm not going to get into specific diets that, you know, are super, super restrictive. But you see progress very quickly sell more than, okay, I'm going to do these slow changes because now it's taking a lot longer. So this is, you are practicing delayed gratification. You might not see the effects of walking 10,000 steps every
1: single day for three months. Yeah.
0: But then three months down the road, you're like, now I'm a person who just walks four miles a day. Yeah. And I like that. And it, and I always have to bring myself back to, it doesn't have to be this hour long walk up a 10% incline. I mean. In
1: the pouring rain. In the
0: pouring rain. I, <laughs> and, and I love walking. So, I, I mean, I'm fine with that. I know not everyone does. Not everyone has an hour to dedicate towards that. So, it, it is finding those small pockets of time throughout the day. Yes. And I have totally transformed the way that I do that now. So, after my workout, can you go for a 10-minute walk before you get in your car? Yep. In the morning or after dinner. Can you go for a 10-minute walk with your kid, with your spouse, with your
1: dog, with a friend? Like, can you go for 10 minutes? Yes. And even a perfect example, your your husband right now is on the phone outside pacing, yeah. like in the garage. There's so much value in that. It, I, I, half the time, I'll be sitting at my desk on a phone call, and I'm like, wait, I could just go walk while I'm talking. It doesn't have to be intense. I don't have to go put my tennis shoes on. Yeah. I can do it barefoot. I can do it in flip-flops. Yeah. You know, it, this, we'll, we'll do another podcast on this later, but there's no perfect hard and fast line for these things Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just doing the best you can with what you have and you have to believe that there is value in that Mm -hmm. there's value in walking on the phone barefoot it doesn't have to be a formal walk right so and going off that unless if there's something else you want to say on Mm -hmm. that interrupt me but um you you kind of mentioned I, i want you to talk a little bit to feedback loops and how we are as humans we sometimes need to to feel the effects of something to understand, maybe that was a positive response or a negative response. I mm-hmm. maybe feel terrible or I feel good. And, um, you know, with a walk, for example, not feeling like you want to do it, but then feeling amazing after, um, or, or just kind of talk a little bit about what we were talking about earlier with feedback loops and how sometimes with nutrition and health, we need to play off of those. If you know what I mean by Wait, this. explain
0: a little bit more. Okay.
1: So, um, for example, when we were talking about, um, You, when you can, you'll tell people sometimes you can eat whatever you want. Nothing's Mm -hmm. off limits. How, but, and how, if they did that with pizza all day, right. Right. They're going to feel really, really bad. Yeah. So how can we use that to our advantage, learn from that and take all of these little data pieces of knowing how we feel after a certain action to then better ourselves as we move forward. If that makes sense. And, and I'm sorry, that's vague, but. (laughs) <laughs> Just talk a little bit about what you were saying <coughs> with, with that concept of how you tell clients maybe they can eat whatever they want and see how they feel.
0: Yeah, I think that <laughs> that sometimes we perceive certain foods as we can never eat this again because if we eat this, we will automatically gain weight. And so there are certain bad foods, so to speak. And then we have certain good foods that no matter we can always eat these they're they're healthy, we will lose weight type thing. So I think if we remove that, that component in the brain and say, if I gave somebody the freedom and said, you can truly eat whatever you want for a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone may choose pizza all day. Someone may choose crumble cookie, (laughs) whatever it is. You might do that for a day, two days, maybe 10 days. Guaranteed, you will have a negative response in how you feel. Like you probably won't have the energy to go do a walk, a workout, or maybe you do, and you realize, wow, this doesn't feel good. My (laughs) My stomach stomach, hurts so bad. Right, my stomach hurts so bad. I don't have the energy. I'm just tired all the time. And so that is feedback to you to say, I don't really enjoy doing this. And so that gives you the affirmation of, okay, I actually do feel better when I'm incorporating other behaviors, whether that be eating your protein, eating your vegetables, whatever that is. So we all think that if we were given unconditional permission to do a certain behavior usually we would say well I would never work out Mm -hmm. or I would never go on a walk when in reality that's probably not the case but we go from these extremes of I'm doing you think you're doing everything wrong to wanting to do everything right Mm -hmm. and that just that switch doesn't flip and that's when we kind of got into like we start to have these two identities Mm -hmm. of I'm doing really good And I can't tell you how many people say that to me. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm really, I'm doing really good right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not eating any, I'm not eating past six o'clock or I'm not eating any sweets. And it's, we don't have two identities. Like we need to remove that and realize you can have whatever you want, but there's a, there's a balance between it all. Right. So always coming back to that, I think is important.
1: And there's so much I want to say on that, the reason I brought it up is because that is a behavior change mentality. Mm-hmm. It, it, it starts with understanding that there's no perfect way of doing things. You're not going to make faster progress just because you don't eat past 7 PM. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have to take that feedback and that affirmation that you were talking about with, okay, after this Chick-fil-A meal, I did not feel good, right? It, it, it had a negative effect on other things that I wanted to do in my day, being high, having high energy as a mom and being able to take care of my kids, uh, doing an afternoon walk mm-hmm. with my dog, the things that I want to do, did this action over here, was it worth it in the sense of how it affected everything else I want to do? And uh, I follow uh, a girl named Meredith. She's in Birmingham, but she's a really successful nutrition um, coach. And she has this term called a- asking yourself if X, behavior is a worth it indulgence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer is absolutely yes. If if enjoying my fries at Chick-fil-A is a worth it indulgence for me when I go once every two weeks, absolutely I'm going to do it. But like I told you earlier, if I pair it with a sandwich, I'm not going to feel good after. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. I have to f- figure out, okay, let's zoom out a little bit. And beyond the 10 minutes that it's going to take for me to eat this meal, How can I set myself up for success to, to not say fries are off limits to say, if I really want the fries, I've looked forward to them. I'm going to get the fries, but I'm going to pair it with a grilled grilled chicken salad so I can get my protein. So I won't feel as bad Mm -hmm. and still enjoy the fries. Then I can still go do the walk. I can still have energy in the afternoon. To me, that's a worth it indulgent. I've made a trade off, Mm -hmm. right? Um, but if I had the all or nothing mindset and got the fries and the fried chicken sandwich, and then came home for dinner, felt terrible, and tried to only eat iceberg lettuce, then now I'm just setting myself up for failure with every decision I'm making after right. that. So I think that's really important to give yourself permission, but also be aware of how it's going to affect everything else. Mm-hmm. There, there's, a really, there's a really fine line there.
0: And sometimes you just have to do it to know. Exactly. Like you, you had to order the sandwich and the fries A couple of times to say, Yes. Hey, I actually don't feel good when I do this. I need to change something. Mm -hmm. Because, again, everyone. maybe I eat that. Maybe I eat the sandwich and the fries. And I'm like, I feel feel good. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have the same (laughs) nutrition plan to follow. Because what works for Ellie might be different than what works for me. And so that's why having someone to help you make those decisions. Okay, yeah is really helpful because it is all about feedback. It's every decision you make is practice. It's feedback and you take what you've gained from that meal, from exercise, from whatever it may be, and you can apply it to the future. Yes. So every time you have a meal, you can ask yourself, was this worth it? If it was an indulgence, how do I feel after
1: and moving forward would I change anything? Absolutely. And verbally processing it is so much more powerful than me just sitting there with my own thoughts, thinking it. Mm -hmm. Because if I have a coach and you're my coach and I'm talking to you and you're asking me to process out loud how I felt after that meal, it becomes a a bigger reality when I speak it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll say something like, oh, wow, like that sounds... Like I really didn't feel very good when I say it out loud. Whereas if I'm just sitting in the Chick-fil-A parking lot thinking about it real quick and then it's a fleeting thought like a ship in the night and I do it again and again and Mm -hmm. again, there's a lot of power in talking to someone about it. And then my coach giving me strategies, hey, let's pair it with this and see how you feel next time. So I think you're exactly right. Talking to someone about it is really helpful. Yeah. And then even just the affirmation of reminding me, you're not Gina. She's going to respond a different way than you are. Mm -hmm. We need that reminders because I think we've constructed all of these hard and fast rules around nutrition because we've taken pieces from all of these fad diets and nutrition experts out there who are telling us we can't eat after seven we can't eat carbs we can't eat this many grams of sugar per day so then we just take it all and we have this overwhelming sense of I can never do it right and it's just all piecemealed from a bunch of different random philosophies right you know and and it's not it doesn't have to be that way so anything else you want to say on that
0: well and just like You have a completely different training regimen than I do. Yeah. We sleep different. We have different stress levels. We have different day-to-days. So rules or things that you follow, guidelines you follow that you know make you feel good, again, could be different for me, and that's okay. Yeah. But when we see someone else do something that works for them, we don't have any insight on what their day-to-day looks like. Mm -hmm. And so, sure, you can try it, but Mm -hmm. I mean – Again, you have to take the feedback from that experience and say, okay, I know this worked for them, but objectively did this work for me? Yeah. And it might be a no, it might be yes, but it might be a no and you have to be okay with that.
1: Yeah. What are, can you think of any other examples of how maybe this behavior change concept can play out practically in real life outside of, you know, the Chick-fil-A feeling, realizing that, okay, I felt like crap. Here's how I can change in the future. Maybe, um or and we've already talked about steps or is there anything else in regards to behavior change that might be worth bringing up around nutrition that you can think of?
0: I think just like maybe full circle what we started with is if you're like wow, this sounds really awesome, which it does. <laughs> but I don't even really know where to start because I think that's a lot of people is again like you mentioned it's they're looking up at Mount Everest mm-hmm. and a lot of people have multiple things they want to work on, but can't really pinpoint the one thing. And we kind of talked about it in the beginning of like picking the thing that you feel the most ready to change. But I think it, once you decide on that thing and there's, I'm not even going to say a specific thing because for everyone, it's going to look a little bit different. Yeah. But it's after you, you've, you pick your thing is you have to realize that you are not going to be perfect in that. Mm-hmm. It's like, Asking yourself to start something brand new and then you're 100% spot on. Like, you have to be okay knowing you will have a time where you think, I didn't do well at this. And mm-hmm. you have to be okay with that and take that and apply it to the future. But it yep. is the build up over time every single day of those small things. And, again, that does not sell because it's no. it's not glamorous. But And it's hard to teach. It is
1: very hard to it's teach. It's hard to
0: teach and... It's a slow process, but if you are truly, and we also talked about this, we don't have a weight loss problem here. We have, okay, we've lost the weight, and now we need to keep it off. No one talks about that. Mm -hmm. You can lose 20 pounds, but how do you lose 20 pounds and keep that off forever if you're doing something you hate? Mm -hmm. And the answer is you can't, because whatever you do to lose the weight, you have to be willing to do that for the rest of your life to keep it off. Mm -hmm. So... If you start small and you make these changes that you may not even feel like you're seeing progress on a weekly basis, it could be monthly. And mm-hmm. that's a, you have to be okay with that because you are taking these steps to eventually get to a place where you do this forever. And it is now just what you do and who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of behavior change is that even though it is small and you don't have these huge wins on a daily basis, it's. But now I've lost 20 pounds and I can keep it off and it doesn't feel like my life is over.
1: Yeah, and you have to, in order to do it that way, you have to start out understanding I am not looking for an outcome right now. Mm -hmm. All I can control is my effort and the thing that I do today, the tiny habits that are going to lead to me becoming this type of person. You will be constantly frustrated if you wake up every morning expecting an outcome. Right. Right. Cause I think we're so conditioned with these diets out there to see progress and like visibly see it on the scale or see it in our clothes or our belt loops or whatever. And all of that is great. There's nothing wrong with it. But if your sole pursuit is that you're only motivated when you see, yes. see the progress, you will, you will not ever find anything sustainable. Right. You have to find meaning in the walks in the feeling good after you eat a a meal that satisfies you, makes you feel good, and that you also enjoy, like, you can still enjoy your life, you know, and so you have to find that meaning in the effort in the day-to-day outside of outcome.
0: Right, and I would say if you find yourself hating the process and the journey of trying to get to whatever your goal is, then we need to go back to the drawing board and figure out how we can change things, because you shouldn't hate the journey, and Always coming back to your your main reason for doing whatever you choose to do, whether that be gaining muscle, losing weight, just pursuing health. is because you are in a place where you, I, I hate to use the word self-love, but you're <laughs> doing it out of a place of respect for yourself. Yes. And wanting to treat your body well, not out of a place of, I hate the way I look. I'm trying to, like, lose this. You're yes. You're like... like you can only hate yourself for so long before you're just done. Yes. Right? Like, screw it all. Yeah. Like, what, this is a pointless pursuit, but if you're doing it out of a place of, I'm trying to steward my body well, I want to show up for the people mm-hmm. that I love and care for, then the slower progress becomes, this is part of the journey.
1: And enjoying the journey, then your body composition is almost like a side effect. Absolutely. And you're not just sitting around miserable waiting for this day where it's all going to just fall into place and you're going to be really happy. You can be happy during the process. Yes. And that's where it becomes sustainable, something you can do for life. It yes. doesn't mean it's going to be flowers and roses the whole time. There's days I don't want to eat a lean protein. And you know what? It's okay if I go and I don't do it, but it, I've just, its it's just become a reality now that for 80% of my meals, I'm going to eat a specific way. And then whenever I choose to fill in whatever 20%, I can absolutely do that. But right. I don't feel like I'm missing out right. on anything. And and yes. you have to find that place or else it's not going to be sustainable. Right. If you're living in the 20 reverse, the 20% of my life is, is um, or the 80% of my life is just like, or sorry, 100% of my life is like completely just dialed in. Then you will hit a point where you just can't maintain it anymore. Yes. So I could talk about this forever. I know. No, I think <laughs> um, that was good. That was really good. So um, yeah, thanks, Gina.